Hey, Risto here with George Mason University. Uh, we're to, uh, here today with Dr. Håkan Larsson uh, from the Swedish School of Sport and Health Sciences in Stockholm, Sweden. Um, one of the main goals of this podcast is to make research more accessible to everyone in the field of health and physical education. Um, so as a part of that, we sometimes cover peer-reviewed papers. Uh, at times, we look at specific theories in depth. Uh, sometimes we talk to scholars about their careers, but today we have a guest on to speak to us about a person, uh, a person who's influenced a lot of researchers in the social sciences, including many scholars in health and physical education. Uh, Michel Foucault uh, was at one time the single most cited scholar in the field of humanities, uh, yet some researchers, even in our field, just don't know much about who Foucault is and what he stood for. Um, the last episode we published, uh, we had a podcast covering some aspects of Foucault with Brian Culp. Uh, so hopefully this will get us a little bit more context on that. Um, and I'll be the first to admit that I don't fully grasp this topic. So we brought in Hook and Larson on to uh, have a conversation with us and to perhaps explain a little bit more. So um, thank you very much and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So can we just get started with uh, perhaps an easy and also hard question. Who is okay. Michel Foucault? Yeah, Michel Foucault, or who was Michel Foucault? He was a French philosopher who uh, lived between 1926 and 1984. So uh, he's been gone for a while, but he's still very influential and he's considered to be one of the most influential contemporary thinkers. Uh, he held a professor chair at the prestigious institution in Paris called Collège de France. And his work has hugely influenced research in both the humanities and the social sciences, as you said. Mm -hmm. And it seems like he was, you know, I, I briefly looked him up now that, you know, preparing to have a conversation with this. It seems like he had these professorships and studies in all these different countries and he just kind of has influenced the world but probably also <clears throat> has been influenced by the world and I saw that he also had a brief stint in Sweden as, as well. Yes, actually uh, Foucault was very early openly gay and uh, actually he moved to Sweden in around 1960 because he had heard that Sweden was a very liberal and open country, but actually he was quite disappointed and he moved back to France after just one year, I think. So uh, you, you can think differently about the openness of, uh, of, uh, of the society of that time. Yeah. But yeah, he, he, he lived in many countries in North Africa and across Europe, and he also held guest professorships in the United States. Yeah, towards the end of his career, as mm -hmm. I as I understand yeah. it. So yeah. So what what is his theory in general? If we just like can kind of give an overview of what he what his theory talks about. Yeah, I don't think actually that he would call it a theory, but rather a sort of an analytics. So he was interested in ways of analyzing or asking critical question about what is considered to be true, right, and good. And uh, what are the basic and often taken for granted implicit assumptions that underpin what is considered to be true, right, and good? Mm 
So I would say that's that's in general what his theory or his analytics is about. And so I know a lot of times when I when I read papers that use this Foucauldian lens, they oftentimes yeah. in our field um, we relate his theories or his analytics to power. So where does that kind of interest in power come from? Yes, he was certainly interested in power, but not just power. He was interested in the relationship between power, knowledge, and the self or self-understanding. And you could say that his writings, if you if you have a look at them historically in a way, he he there were different periods where he first, I would say, was interested in in knowledge issues. So what is true and and how come that certain thing gains the the yeah you can claim what is true then in the second period he was very much interested in power issues but power was always linked to what was held to be truth so one of his most famous books are called power knowledge and then towards the end of his life he was more and more interested in in the self or self-understanding but still in relationship to what is held to be true and how power and truth were in different ways interconnected so and then where where does this kind of come into health and physical education um you know looking at health classes or physical education environments or physical environments how does Foucault's theories or analytics relate to HPE? I think his way of thinking relates to PE in, in, in different ways. Obviously, there are quite a lot of good things held to be true about physical activity and sports, for instance. And I think that a Foucauldian lens or a Foucauldian framework help us scrutinize critically uh, what or or what these claims are about and how they contribute to sort of uh, include and exclude people, basically. Uh, another thing that I think is relevant here is that Foucault had a very specific interest also in the body and how power is embodied through the ways that we do certain things in sports for instance it's it's typically very uh, how should I put it there are certain ways of doing sports for instance that you don't tend to to think much about you just do them and and that's sort of a practice that is very useful to scrutinize critically uh, based on a Foucauldian lens right so looking at physical education is always being done a certain way because this is the true right and good way to do physical education a yeah that's Foucauldian very well lens put. would look at that and problematize it say why is exactly. that true why is that right and why is this the way it's always been done exactly and and as i said how how this contributes to to sort out people in a way to to basically include or exclude based on the types of resources that people have yeah so i'm 
I'm now like making these connections with um, scholars that use a Foucauldian lens, oftentimes look yes. at the intersection of race, gender, socioeconomic status, ethnicity. Um, right. So, okay. Yeah, those, criti- those categories, uh, a lot of researchers in the HPE field have have used Foucault or Foucauldian lens to scrutinize that. Myself, Laura Azarito, Jan Wright, Heather Sykes, and more. And, and Jan Wright has also researched, well, both gender issues and health issues based on a Foucauldian framework. And so have, do you have any other examples of um, specific research or research topics that have been done in physical education that looks through this Foucauldian lens, kind of like we talked about um, Wright's work? Yeah, for instance, uh, research about health and, uh, well, the, the, the worry about the alleged sedentariness of young people and the obesity crisis uh, have been studied by quite a few based on Foucauldian frameworks. Uh, Marie Ehrmann, a colleague here from Sweden, has done that. Louise McQuaig from Australia has done that. Uh, and, and typically these studies start from or start with scrutinizing what is often called a crisis. F- Foucault points out that crisis talk is often related to heavy investments in power or, or the, the idea that people need to change. So, so that's uh, a sort of a problematic where Foucault is very useful. Right, so something that is labeled a crisis then goes back into this, why is it a crisis? Who has the power to kind of... In- Stop me if I'm off here, but who has the oh, power to distinguish that that is a crisis? Why is that then going back to his true right and good? Kind yeah, of so the, it's important to to it's important to know here that in in Foucault's writing, power is not only restricting or inhibiting or limiting. Power is also enabling and supporting so when i say that he was interested in in inclusion and and exclusion he was specifically interested in in the different ways that power contributes not only to restrict or limit but also to enable or support Uh, so the effects of power are also about certain ways of being, certain ways of living that are uh, enforced or, or supported, uh, which is also a, a very important power dimension to, to grasp. Yeah, and I think, you know, in my, one of my very first doctoral level classes at Teachers College, I had a class with Laura Azrito and she you know, she had us do these, you know, very high quality readings that talked about Foucault. And, you know, I remember vividly reading that that somebody said that obesity epidemic and challenged that notion of it being a crisis yeah. or an epidemic. And coming yeah. from 
not a critical lens at all before I went into grad school. Yeah. It was it was a very hard pill to swallow and a very hard thing to break down and kind of understand. And I think yeah. you know, maybe it was too soon and I didn't understand the theory behind it, but it really made me think and it, it like stopped me in my tracks to think that somebody could say, Oh, you can't or not that you can't consider that a crisis, but like problematize yeah. that. Like, why is it? <clears throat> yeah, so I don't think that Foucault would refute the possibility that there is a problem with sedentariness. He would be more interested in how, how this was conceptualized and how different groups sort of invested in this issue and made it... Uh, and made themselves champions of uh, certain ways of being and living that we should seek for mm -hmm. without uh, without thinking about who who have the possibilities to to lead this sort of lives that are uh, cherished in a way right yeah um, so how is Foucault's uh, critical perspective different than other critical theories used in, in health and physical education? Actually, I think it's uh, a tricky question to answer because Foucault's thinking has been so influential that quite a few who don't consider themselves being Foucault researchers also have embraced uh, some ideas from Foucault. Mm -hmm. but, but I think that the, what we just talked about, the, the positive side of power, the, the dimensions of power that enables or supports or facilitates, the, I think they typically are not so common among others who study power because I think still in most research, power is thought of something that hinders or restricts or limits but I think if, if, you, if you study gender, it's, it's quite obvious that power is very strong when it supports certain ways of, of being a man, for instance, or being a women, woman, uh, restricting other ways of being men or women. Right. Um, so with, with any thought, process right there there may be some limitations or shortcomings have you come across these or can you kind of highlight any possible limitations or shortcomings with uh, the Foucauldian perspective well yeah I mean there 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 are shortcomings or limitations with all perspectives and obviously it's hard to use the Foucauldian lens to if you want to improve things, for instance, mm -hmm. because the Foucauldian framework is is sort of mainly uh, about thinking twice about the things that we uh, think of as improvements. So in, in that sense, I think it's hard to use Foucault to, to suggest how things should be done instead, as it were. Right. And I think I read somewhere in one of his colleagues had called him his theories dark and pessimistic. 
Well, yeah, maybe that's that's possibly if you think about power, for instance, as mainly restrictive or or um, disabling. But but I think in queer theory, for instance, which is very influenced by Foucault, queer theorists have have sort of thought out several ways to to well to queer gender to to think out different ways that we can do gender differently uh so um i think that to some extent foucault's way of thinking also can point in certain directions but as i said before um improvements are are difficult to assess in a way right. because uh yeah, the, the Foucauldian framework works best when you uh, put a, a critical eye on things. Right. So I know you've done some work with this. Um, are there books or papers you'd suggest that people should start with if they want to learn more? Um, are there specific <clears throat> articles or should they just go in and start reading these books that were published by him in the, in the 60s or 70s? Uh, yeah, well, if if you want to start with something that Foucault wrote, I wouldn't start with his f- oldest writing, his first writings. I would go probably for a book called Discipline and Punish. Uh, alternatively, History of Sexuality, Volume 1, uh, which is, uh, the, the subtitle is The Will to Truth. and Because those books, they are, in my view, fairly accessible as uh, for for uh, beginners i'm not sure but at least if you're not so experienced in in foucault's work but then of course there are a number of well foucault for beginners or even foucault for dummies books that mm-hmm. is sometimes are sometimes quite amusing to read but another very good book is called The Foucault Reader, uh, which is edited by Paul Rabineau. It's it's quite old, but I think it's still very useful. And there are still ever more books and articles about Foucault's work published. Uh, he, he seems to be still uh, a researcher that people want to engage with very much. Great. Um, and then um, I know you listed some of the um, some of the scholars in the fields of health and physical education earlier. Do you mind kind of listing them again, just in case somebody has now picked up a pen and maybe writing down uh, some of those names to look for how this works or who are the people who are doing work in um, in this in HPE? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Besides myself, when it comes to gender and sexuality issues, Laura Azarito, as we both men- mentioned, Jan Wright, Australian scholar, and Heather Sykes, who is an uh, American. And um, research on governance in the name of body's health or crisis. I've written a little bit about that, but also a French scholar named Jean-Bierre Rey, and Marie Erman, a Swedish colleague, Louise McQuaig from Australia, and also another Australian, Stephen Thorpe, who has been scrutinizing uh, the the idea that physical education is in some way in crisis. Mm-hmm. That's great. 
Um, thank you so much for, uh, for shedding some light on this. Um, we're going to link to your faculty profile and um, any other information, um, list some of these books that you, you've talked in the, in the notes section. So if people want to look further um, on some of your work with Foucault and HPE, uh, they can find it that way. So um, just want to thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you. And thank you for contacting me. Yeah, absolutely. And I will, I will know that this whole situation started from, I don't know if you know Dylan Landy. He, uh, I do. he came over to my house this summer and brought me a magnetic personalities finger puppet that sticks okay. on my refrigerator. And it's Michel Foucault. And it's the All only right. magnet that I have on my... Uh, refrigerator and it looks at me every morning when I open the refrigerator and so this stemmed from Dylan Landy and then I talked to I asked on Twitter who to talk to about Foucault and HPE and um, yeah. Ash Casey suggested you and we okay. ended up meeting there in in ISEP for the first time so yeah that was very nice yeah thank you uh, thank Ash uh, about Dylan Landy I, I I was in Manchester yesterday on on the physical education and sport pedagogy invisible colleague and at mm -hmm. uh, college and actually uh, Dylan Landy won uh, last year's best article in the journal physical education and sport pedagogy yeah a huge, the article huge about, honor, yeah. Yeah, which was an article about queer theory. Mm -hmm. And I know he, he works a lot with Deleuze and Guattari and, um, you know, some work with Boudreaux. So I think those are all other, you know, mostly French scholars, I understand it, that yeah. would be interesting to do similar similar podcasts like this with. Yes, they certainly would. I think Deleuze, for instance, he's sort of, uh, uh, well, uh, the new star in, in the sky. Mm -hmm. to, to some extent, uh, yeah, his work has, has grown in, in importance during the last 10 years, certainly. Yeah. So, more reading for everybody. Yes, there's always more things to read. Awesome, Hoken. Thank you very much. Really appreciate okay. it. Okay. Thank you.